Hey, welcome back to this episode of Hit the Core Breaking Point. My name is Josh Chan, former National Junior Tennis player and member of the Harvard Men's Tennis Team. Uh, today, we're changing things up just a little bit. I've been asked a couple of questions recently, uh, kind of you know, surrounding the realm of college tennis, and so I thought I'd just take a second to, to answer them. And so let's go to the first question. Let's just jump right in. Let's go to the first question. Uh, first question is, uh, is my child good enough to play college tennis? The number of times I've received this question is astounding. Uh, and usually they're provided with zero context on the child themselves. And so I feel like I always have to ask back a question, which is, okay, which college would they like to play for? Right. So, I mean, when you're asking, you know, for example, you wouldn't go to uh, you wouldn't go to a lawyer and be like, hey, is my kid going to be a lawyer? Can they can he become a lawyer? I mean, the lawyer is going to look at you and be like, well, what kind of law does he want to go in? What type of uh, you know, what does he where what does he see himself doing uh, with with a JD degree? Does he actually want to be a lawyer or is that lawyer is like, a, you know, is he trying to become a lawyer, corporate lawyer and to springboard himself into business or uh, does he? want to eventually, I don't know, uh, clerk for, clerk for a judge. You know, there's just, it's, it's a loaded question and it's a very, in my opinion, it's a very lazy question because that just shows that whoever's asking it hasn't done the research to ask the right question. The, the, the right question, uh, should be, okay, uh, what are the steps that are necessary for my child to play college tennis? Right. That, that's really the question. That's the correct way of asking the question. So anyways, the, the, this is what it boils down to. Number one, uh, is your family, is the family committed to helping this child succeed? Meaning, as parents, are you willing to forego vacations for the next three to four years, assuming this child is in high school uh, or you know the late stages of middle school? Are you willing to forego family vacations? Because you're going to need to travel and play uh, tournaments outside the, your home state. Uh, that is, uh, from what I've seen so far, that is the best indicator of kids who are able to go on and play college tennis because eventually they, uh, you know, you can only play so much in your section before you kind of need to see what else is out there. You, you want to play national tournaments, you're going to have to play against kids across the nation. Uh, number two, uh, what is their work ethic? Okay, I know, I know we're talking about kids here, but in all sincerity, what is their work ethic like, right? And, and how do they uh, also, how do they handle pressure? And as a parent, are you educating them on ways to handle pressures in life and handling and are you educating them how to be disciplined with their day-to-day -day routine because ultimately when you when you play tennis you have to have a discipline you have to have the discipline already built in place before walking onto a tennis court whether it's a practice court or a match court if you are expecting the coach to instill discipline you are gravely mistaken Tennis coaches are not drill instructors. We are not a military school where they specialize in, you know, creating and in, in instilling discipline. We are here to teach tennis. And then the realm of tennis is very large. There's a whole technical aspect. There's a mental aspect. There's an emotional aspect. And you guys give us one hour, right? You tell us, okay, we're going to do an hour lesson. And then usually what happens is the parents groan about how expensive those lessons are. But they expect a miracle within that one hour to occur doesn't add up. It does not add up. Okay. Uh, the next thing I would have to say is, uh, what is the, is the child genuinely interested in going to play college tennis themselves or are they being told by the parents to go pursue this? I have seen it too many times where the kids 
do not want it for themselves. And I'm sorry, parents, it's just not gonna happen, okay? I mean, you might be able to force it, but I just don't see them going to a, 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 a solid top tennis program. Uh, they might even, you know, once they get to call, they might even just play and be on the team for one year and then call it quits. So make sure, please make sure that you are not putting words in their mouth. Um, I call it the, uh, the, uh, the puppeteering parent where they are essentially putting words in the kid's mouth. And usually the best indi- indication of whether or not you are that type of parent is, is when a coach asks the child, are you interested in this? And you're the type of parent to say, oh, he is interested or she is interested before the child even has a chance to answer. Right? And as coaches, we're not idiots. We can look at the child and look at you and just see who's a little bit more interested in the process here. And so if you're trying to force this on the kid because you think they need the push, I'm sorry, this isn't the right sport. This, this sport does not work that way. This sport doesn't need the right push. The kid's either going to be into it or not into it, right? And, and I don't know how it works for other sports. Maybe the other sports, they have to be pushed. But for tennis, they will be interested. They'll pick up the racket and they'll walk on a court and be like, you know what? I, I, I can see myself being here, or they're going to, uh, they're gonna, they're 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 gonna have this look on their face. They're like, I'm here, but I'm mentally not here. And 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 good luck, all right, good luck, parents, because I know this is incredibly difficult, and I do mean this in all sincerity. Like, good luck with this, okay? Because it is a, that is a tough one. So, anyways, make sure that you are following those things, and and if you can answer those initial questions, then we can talk about the the more advanced steps on how to actually get there, right? Because the question is, are you even willing to start this journey? And if you are willing to do it, you gotta prove it. And once it's been proven, then you can be given the steps on whether or not, you know, there are steps by the way for the whole college recruiting process and then you'll be given those steps on how to do the whole college recruiting process. Okay, uh, next question. What, what did you enjoy most out of college tennis and what did you enjoy least about it? Oh my God. Uh, this is a tough one, but I mean, there's so many things I enjoyed about college tennis and so many things I didn't enjoy about it. Uh, I'll try to narrow it down to one. So let's say, uh, well, I, I can start with what I did not enjoy about it. Um, I, 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 it was very difficult, I felt, to, to be on the team when the culture of the team was constantly shifting. So for example, my freshman year, uh, the captain of the team was very much into us socializing together off the tennis court. And so every Friday night, we would get together, we would have dinner, um, we would socialize afterwards, we would have dinner, we would hang out af- you know, afterwards. And, and you know, so a lot of times the, you know, the players, we would all just, you know, um, uh, we would even get together on Saturday too, you know, you know, so on the days off, the captain was very much, uh, for that. And, uh, you know, it was just fine. It's manageable, like I said, but then the following year though, we had new captains and that completely changed. Then it went to, Hey guys, you know, once you're done with dinner, boom, go back to your rooms, hit the books, you know, do what you need to do for tennis, prepare. Right. So they were, they were a lot more focused on us trying to prepare for the matches, uh, even when we didn't have matches going on, and again, this is also good in it, you know good in itself because uh, when you're playing at that high of a level, it's incredibly important to maintain yourself. So they were just looking out for us and trying to make that happen. But then, you know, going from one year of hey, we're going to socialize together, we and, and you know, 
making sure that everyone is uh, mentally and emotionally feeling good to, hey, once you're done, boom, get back to work type of mentality. Um, you know, it was, it, it was tricky. It was really tricky as, a, as an individual to, at least, and again, for me, just to kind of navigate that and, and make sure that as a team player, I'm part of that culture. Uh, and, then, uh, and then the following year, it was the same deal. Uh, except they, uh, the, the, the culture changed again one more time where it was a little bit more focused on, we, we, well, so it was tricky because my junior year, uh, we actually went back to working in the gym, working with physical trainers. We, we hadn't done that my first two years, which I know sounds crazy, but it was a weird experiment that was going on at the time that didn't really pan out and that's okay. Uh, but my junior year, we went kind of went back into the weight room again. So, so the physical, the physical training actually, uh, I, I believe it, I think it changed our culture a bit more. Um, it changed our team dynamic. We also got a bunch of freshmen that year who really helped out the team. So it was, it was different. I think just going from year to year, that different and that change in culture from captain to captain, I found that kind of tricky to navigate and, you know, and honestly at times distracting, um, distracting, away from uh, just focusing on tennis and focusing on what I needed. Uh, and so, and then that's another point, but in terms of what I didn't enjoy about college tennis, but I, you know, since we're limited on time with this podcast, I'm just going to, I'm going to say, say that's my answer. Just the year to year change in culture from captain to captain made it distracting. Um, what did I enjoy the most? For me, I enjoyed, I enjoyed, um, it's going to sound weird, but I really enjoyed doubles. Uh, I was a big fan of college doubles. I thought the energy was amazing. I had a great time with my partners uh, throughout my college uh, career. I would say I have two partners that I can primarily say I played with. uh, And uh, and it was just interesting because they were so different from each other. My first partner was this very much, he was almost like a cartoon character, but he was six foot four uh, who who hated to volley, but and and loved to stay at the baseline, but himself was a very um, you know intelligent individual. But when I say cartoon character, I mean he was just a joke. You know he was always constantly joking, and he was just a, uh, kind of a crazy guy. Loved him to death, and uh, you know incredibly talented. But you know the coaches put us together. Uh, he was number one singles. I was number two singles. But then we ended up playing number three doubles together. So it was it was it was such an interesting dynamic that I looking back, I actually had fun. I mean we we would sometimes literally get into arguments with each other in the middle of a game. And I think through those arguments we actually learned to communicate with one another, which was really funny because I think it confused our opponents a lot of the time. Uh, but the following year though, uh, my or sorry, not the, yeah, the following year, my next my next doubles partner, uh, again, he was uh, the, our number one singles player it was a different guy, completely different. You know, this guy was the epitome of professional, and he was somebody that I genuinely uh, felt uh, like a kinship to. I felt like he was somebody that I was proud to say, like, "Hey, I'm kind of looking up to you." And you know what? I definitely acknowledge that you're putting in the work, you're putting in the time. You're somebody that I I would love to learn from myself. You're very inspiring. And so when we played together, uh, I always felt like playing with him made me want to be a better player. That was, that was incredibly rewarding. It had been a while since I had played with somebody like that. When I played 
Um, throughout my junior tennis career, I think the last uh, two and a half years of my junior career, I played with one partner who, who pushed me to be better. And this was the first time where I had somebody who uh, didn't push me to be better, but he inspired me to be better. And that was, that was such a big difference. That was such a different experience. And, and in some of my most memorable doubles matches, some of the most intense doubles matches, I remember playing with them. Like, for example, um, I remember playing with him during the Harvard-Yale match. That was, that was incredible. Um, I'll never forget there was this you know, match point. We were talking, you know, we're, we, we were just in sync. I, you know, we knew I formation. We were on the do side, I formation. Uh, he was going to serve T. We executed it perfectly. I actually ended up kind of like a like popping up out of the net and hitting a backhand overhead uh, overhead winner that literally bounced right into the core and then just jumped straight back into the uh, 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 into the wall in the very back. We, you know, we were playing indoors, so it was just this massive boom pop, and I just remember turning to him and just letting out a big yell. Uh, so those were you know some good some of the good moments. <laughs> and then, you know, we had some bad moments too, where uh, we were playing against UPenn, for example, and my partner uh, was, uh, had taken a year off because he actually transferred into Harvard. He was one of the first people to ever transfer into Harvard. And, and the, the UPenn kids were heckling, trying to heckle him so badly. I remember them, yeah, they were yelling out, um, oh my God, how old is this guy that he's, he's still playing on the court? What is he, like a 23-year-old senior? <laughs> And, and it was just funny. It was, it was just a funny experience. We weren't even offended. We, we just, we took it in stride. We laughed about it. Uh, he was just a great guy, a good sense of humor, but was a, was a serious professional even before he, you know, tried playing professional tennis. Uh, and, uh, and, and <laughs> sorry, I'm just now thinking back to some of the other, other, you know, other things that happened during our time together, like, you know, some guy yelling out, like, how, he's like, oh my god, this, he's, this guy's massive, and it was because, you know, uh, my, my partner, he was just this um, picture of, you know, physical perfection, and, you know, he, he's a really strong guy, so just a really funny, funny, um, good experience, and when I think back to my doubles times, I always think of them with fond memories, uh, and the last question, last question for today uh, that, I, that I received recently from, uh, actually, this is from a, this is an older question, but it's from a parent. I've just heard it been asked multiple times. Uh, how has tennis helped you, in, helped you in life? I mean, I would say that it gave me, tennis was something where it gave me a real solid sense of purpose. And when I say I made tennis my life, I really made it my life. Like I, I, I've been playing this sport since I'm five, since I was five years old. Um, uh, it's, you know, 27, uh, going on 27 years now. I sometimes joke that other than my family, this is the longest relationship I've ever, I've ever kept. Um, and there was even times when we took a break. I, I, I didn't play tennis for about three years after college. Uh, and so, uh, it, number one, I would say tennis gave me a sense of purpose. Number two, it reinforced this idea of having a disciplined lifestyle, uh, that my parents were trying to instill within me. Uh, so there was a, you know, my parents would always, uh, tell me I had to sit up straight at the dinner table. I needed to finish all the food on my plate and I needed to, uh, prioritize my homework. I needed to set my priorities every single day. I needed to get up at a certain time. And so when you're at home, you're doing this, you're like, oh, okay, okay. All right. You know, I can see how this sort of works in this part of life, but what about, in other aspects of life. And tennis really gave me an outlet 
to try it and see if this is something, if these are lessons that I can use, uh, uh, use, use not just at home, but on the tennis court. And, um, and maybe I can use this in other aspects of light. And, and I have to admit, I have, um, I, I work for the federal government. I, I've already, I've already got my master's degree in public health. I'm currently working on getting a, an MBA degree from the university of Michigan, um, learning how to prioritize items in my life, I think is the only reason why I've been able to live my life in general. And I can say, I can credit it with saying that that's the reason why my life hasn't just fallen apart. Uh, and you know, there are difficult times. There are definitely difficult times, but I always find myself going back to the lessons I learned in tennis. Uh, for, you know, for starters, if you are, you know, in tennis, if you are about to win, it, it's better if you adopt an aggressive mindset. You have to make sure that you're pushing yourself to get across the finish line. And I think that's actually fairly held true for me in life. When I've wanted something, when, I've, uh, when, I, know my, when I knew in my heart that this was something that I wanted to pursue, uh, I just remind myself, hey, get aggressive, right? If you want this, you're gonna go after it. And there's just no, there's no backing down. So you're, you're gonna go and, and go after this until you get it done. Um, there was also this, um, you know, I'll say this, I didn't re get this realization until after, uh, after I had time to reflect on tennis, but I would say the, um, the idea that you, you know, in this world, we generally are uh, by ourselves. And so as fun as doubles is, singles is still, I would say, my, my love and my pride and my joy of, 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 of wanting to play the sport or of playing the sport. And, and so, you know, playing singles, learning the lessons of how to deal with myself emotionally, how to deal with myself mentally, uh, recognizing uh, when I am making mistakes. Like these are all things that are required of a, of a, of a highly competitive tennis player. Uh, you may not always have the best strokes. You may not always have the best strategies, but self, self um, awareness is under pressure. It, I think that's incredibly, incredibly crucial to life in general. Um, and and doing and you know figuring this out on your own as opposed to figuring it out in a team setting. I think they're, I think they're very, um, you know, it's a definitely different dynamic of learning. Uh, and and I, I think the best. Uh, the best time or best best like example that I could think about was when I was screening for COVID nineteen uh, at the Los Angeles International Airport at the height of COVID in twenty twenty. Uh, being able to handle yourself and be being self aware under pressure was absolutely the key to success for for myself and, and and my team. We had to be aware of our actions at all times while there was hundreds of people. You know, coming off a plane, barreling down on us, confused, scared, worried, uh, frustrated, and and we ha we were the ones who had to stay calm. We were the ones who had to make sure that our protective gear were was on correctly. We had to make split second decisions if somebody wasn't feeling well. Uh, we had to work with partners. We had to work with um, with our commanding officers. So these were uh, you know these skill sets that uh, that I had to. Im 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 basically apply when I was under pressure, I would say it all actually started uh, with, uh, with tennis. I had, to, I had to hone my skills with tennis. And don't get me wrong, I, I wasn't perfect. And I think a lot of life experience and, uh, and just you know, self-practice through the years has helped hone my skills in, this, in these areas. But if it wasn't for tennis, uh, I could never 
uh, give myself an opportunity to reflect and look back and be like, you know, I remember that one time when I was playing at the Winter Nationals for third and fourth place. Um, I remember that moment where I was under pressure, blah, blah, blah. Ultimately, that's what helped me get the bronze ball. Uh, or how did I win sectionals, the Southern California sectionals for 16-unders, things like that. Uh, you know, it, being able to reflect, being able to relate what I've learned through the years, I think has vastly helped my ability to process items and then move forward in life, learn from it, move forward in life. So anyways, uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Hit the Court Breaking Point. I hope that I hope that you learned something. I hope that if you're listening to this and you're thinking about college tennis, you um, whether you're about to go into it, you're going into it, or you're just exiting it, I hope you, uh, I hope this helps you and you pick up something uh, or you picked up something along the way. Uh, thanks so much for listening. My name is Josh Chan. Hopefully I will catch you on the next episode.